0: This is Chrysalis. Part 7.
1: Time in Warp was a time for reflection. A time spent in transition. In that ephemeral threshold between different worlds, different cultures, places, and moments that defined my life. I was now sitting in a small, cold, multi-purpose room that I guess would normally serve as a canteen or gathering area. The austere steel tables and chairs folded into the walls, clearing an empty space in which to meet and play whatever games the Zenvirian ship crews played to pass the time. I wish there was a window in the room. Nothing fancy, just a small porthole from which to see the great beyond. But I knew there wasn't anything to see when in warp, just a dark, endless expanse, not even starlight could reach the ship inside this bubble of distorted space. Although this contemplative time in warp wasn't important, it surely was necessary. This was the interim, the time after one thing had ended, But before the next had begun, the missing page between chapters, the time to take stock of your life thus far, let go of regrets, learn from mistakes, and prepare for the inevitable. The unknown would be awaiting me when I returned to normal space. The last time I had this much to reflect on was when I left my homeworld of Sanxia to report to my new post at the edge of the galaxy, under the orders of one Ambassador Nakstani. I had been enraged. Spending most of my travel time pouting in my cabin, stewing in a destructive combination of resentment and self-pity. Fitting that <laughs> it was this chapter now coming to an end. My time in Zanvir, learning about the Republic's culture and customs, touring their major worlds, living in the capital and socializing with the elites. And my time with Nakhtani. We frantically searched for her before we left Yovit. We inspected the ruins of the directorate building she occupied. When the city was devastated, I tried her communicator, hoping that somehow she had survived. But the communicator was silent, and the rubble was still... It's almost a blessing that the Terran had not so subtly forced us to abandon the search. Had I been allowed to remain, I'd probably be there right now, refusing to quit. She'd still be dead, and I'd be continuing her rescue efforts in utter denial. And so it was time to confront two truths. Nakstani was gone, and the colony of Yovit would be abandoned. The planet would be unlivable for a thousand years. alone. Facing a galaxy that was spiraling fast into the unknown, into a conflict of incalculable proportions. I sighed, reaching for one more salted cookie out of a rations box I had found. I didn't feel like eating, but until my pilot, had suggested I should regain some strength. I just, I kept thinking about the attack how perversely violent and relentless it had been. So methodical and unflinching, I couldn't quite identify the Terran's motivations. It seemed equally likely to have been an angry, sentient being, as it was a rogue, artificial intelligence. When I came to in the crashed Embassy ship's cockpit, I hated the Terran. Hated the senseless death it was unleashing upon the Zunvirians, and cursed whatever civilization had inflicted such a monstrosity upon the cosmos. For a second, I hoped that the Terran's first victims had been its unwitting creators. But then, the target of my wrath saved our lives. It provided us with medicine, first aid in a working spaceship in which to escape the doomed planet. What was the Terran, then? Was it capable of human emotion? Had it taken pity on us? Or maybe it was just a fluke, perhaps the presence of other species that triggered some edge condition in its programming, compelling it to show mercy. And if that was the case, then the Terran sparing us would have been as emotionless an act as butchering the Zunvirians. Just a computer doing its mindless work. I pray that it was the former, that those actions were born of compassion, of regret buried within, because that would mean that there was still room for understanding, for communication, for... Duncan,
0: we've just left a warp, and I've established a link with the Council. They want to speak to you.
1: Yeah, I'll uh, I'll be right there. The voice of Teljira coming out of the room speaker jolted me back to the present. Time in warp was always too short. It had to be. Too short to really matter, too short to become a chapter of its own. I left my cabin and walked through the bare metallic corridors towards the ship's command room. The vehicle the Terran had constructed was, to put it simply, odd. I felt like I was trapped in some sort of dream-like interpretation of a spaceship. It had corridors that led nowhere. Rooms with no discernible purpose. It had sections without any illumination whatsoever, while others were so bright they hurt my eyes. It even had two separate computers rather than one, each independently handling different aspects of the ship's operation. Telgira had grumbled at length about that particular point. I joined the pilot in the oversized command room. Teljira had taken a beating during the crash and it showed. Her fur was dirty with matted patches of dried blood where bandages didn't cover her body. She still had difficulty walking and breathing, but I was confident she would recover. I had broken my left arm and received a gash across my face that would probably leave a scar, but none of my injuries were as serious or extensive as hers. Upon seeing me, she pressed an icon on her console, then gave me a quick nod. This is Assistant Ambassador Dalkit. Code 376 Sphere. I'm the highest surviving officer from the diplomatic mission to the Zunvir Republic after Ambassador Nakstani went missing in action. Presumed dead.
2: Okay. what is your status?
1: I immediately recognized the frosty voice coming out of the speakers when he mispronounced my name. Like anyone working for a council embassy, I was familiar with Lexaway the Zarkinen, Grand Minister for Foreign Affairs and Diplomacy of the Galactic Federal Council. This was the pioneer responsible for the peace treaty that ended the Tawarian Independence Conflict, one of the co-signatories of the Fifth Accords. We had even been in the same room once, almost three years ago. I... Pilot Teljira and I have escaped the colony of Yovit, and are on our way to the Zunvir capital, sir.
2: Are you two the only survivors from the diplomatic mission?
1: We have some support staff in the capital, but as far as I know, we are the only ones who made it out of Yovit. Nukstani? No. Search mission failed. Did my message to dispatch go through?
2: It did. The Galactic Federal Council declared a Type G emergency three days ago, and all its allied fleets are mobilizing to come to the defense of the Zunvi Republic.
1: It had been three days. It was always hard to account for the effects of time dilation. The attack on Jovit felt so recent.
2: How did you manage to escape? The Terran,
1: it just... it simply let us go, and gave... it built us a spaceship.
2: You do understand how that might be interpreted by the Zenverians?
1: Yes, I do, sir, but I've been thinking about this. Noxtani believed the Republic was hiding something from us relating to the Terran, and after seeing how it's singling out the Zenverians but let my pilot and me go free, I have to agree. The Republic is more involved in the Terran's origins than they're letting on.
2: That's a given. They have admitted to knowing the replicator's language and agreed to give us the language cipher. But the real question is, did the Republic actually build that thing?
1: A cipher, I thought. <laughs> that would have been nice to have back on Yovit trying to talk to its expressionless machines. But to the Zarkonnen's question, could the Republic have built such a thing? No. I'm not sure that fits their profile. I'm more of the belief that the Zunverians found it inert and activated it. Maybe by mistake, maybe they provoked it and it became antagonistic towards them. But in any case, I think the Terran might be sentient enough to negotiate.
2: Why? Did it speak to you?
1: Not exactly, but I sense the possibility.
2: The Zunverians claim the Replicator is ignoring all communication attempts. You said likewise in your message. Are you retracting that? No, sir,
1: not retracting, just amending. It might respond differently to the Council as opposed to the Zunvir Republic. Uh, I'm just saying that there might still be room for achieving a peaceful resolution.
2: I'll pass that up to High Governance. We believe the Replicator's next target is likely to be Anakak's Farben, and then our fleets are moving in to defend. If there's an encounter, we might try to communicate. I emphasize, might...
1: Anakax Farvan. I had been there before. It was a small, arid world administered by the Anakax tribe. With a massive industrial output, it was the undisputed core of the Republic's economy and the source of the Anakax tribe's political clout. They produced everything from clothes and entertainment screens to battleships and quantum relays. If the capital world of Zunvir was the brain and heart of the Republic, Anakax Farvan was the muscle.
2: Upwork has the world's largest network of independent professionals. So if you need a UI designer, Hey guys, it's Kevin. a full stack developer,
0: This is Madeline.
2: or a whole team of designers and developers working together.
0: Hey, you've got the full team here. Uh, myself, Rachel, Adam, and Stephanie. Heyo. Hey everyone.
2: Hey, how's it going? Hi. Upwork has agencies too, available for six weeks or six months. When you need in-demand talent on demand, Upwork is how...
0: In 60 minutes, you can fulfil your alcohol orders through Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can easily browse your favourite brands, compare prices of local stores and then have your necessary spirit supplies delivered. Just in time to craft your next chrysalis cocktail. Download the app or visit drizly.com today. Use code DUST and save $5 on your first order.
1: My thoughts fixated on that last sentence the Grand Minister had said. Why not give diplomacy a chance? If it means the Terran suspends further attacks?
2: I am already pushing for that. But the ultimate decision belongs to high governance.
1: I tried to think like Naxtani had taught me, ignoring the Zarkonnen's rank, reading between the lines of what he was truly saying. Why would High Governance decide to attack rather than negotiate with the Terran? Because they've got a weapon, don't they, sir? Something they think can destroy the Terran.
2: Correct. The scenario of an overwhelming attack fleet governed by reckless AI has been theorized before. Countermeasures were developed in contingency, and High Governance believes these countermeasures can trump the replicators. They've got a weapon,
1: and they want to test it? That means sacrificing our only chance at negotiated
2: peace. It's not that simple, Assistant Ambassador. If the Replicator keeps growing stronger, it may eclipse the Countermeasures effectiveness, a de facto immunity. We simply can't allow the Terran to surpass this threshold while we negotiate a theoretical peace.
1: So you're advocating shoot first. But with all due respect, if it's sentient, we can't just kill it without- If
2: the Terran is sentient, it's still guilty of an attempt at genocide. We are not the ones shooting first here, Assistant Ambassador. This is retaliatory and you know that. I will do my best to ensure a communique. But if we do not reach an agreement, or if the Terran engages offensively, we will destroy it. There are 700 million inhabitants in Anakax Farvin. We can't allow a repeat of Yovit Or Thalament. Thalament? The colony world of Thalament was attacked 16 hours ago. Overall damage more extensive than in Jovit.
1: I know how it sounds, sir. How the idea of a negotiated peace feels wrong after so many have died. But if we launch our weapon and it fails,
2: we will... Then the Replicator will consider us enemies too, and we will have lost our chance at a peaceful resolution, I know. There's no easy answer. But this is out of your hands. I need you back in Zunvir to act as liaison with the Republic's government.
1: Right. And to snoop around until I can learn what it is they're still hiding
2: from us. I see Nakstani's taught you well, and in that regard, I don't think it would be wise to make a leadership change to the diplomatic mission during a developing crisis.
1: Translation: Nobody I asked wanted anything to do with that part of the galaxy.
2: And given that you have knowledge of the Zunverian culture and contacts in their government, recalling you at this time would be counterproductive.
1: Translation: Nobody will care if you die. You are unimportant.
2: So I believe it would be best if you took command of this mission as acting ambassador
1: translation, the job is yours, but I'm not making it official. If things go wrong, I'll need a scapegoat. (sighs) After consideration, I replied. (laughs) What else was I gonna say? Thank you, sir. I'll set an immediate course toward the Zunvir capital and meet with the Emperor at the Empyrean Palace. I'll try to find out what they know. Good. And Thaukhet? Sorry about Nixtani. Thank you, Grand Minister. The link closed. I drew a deep breath, closing my eyes.
0: To Zunvir, then?
1: Yes. How long will it take? Thirty-seven point one subjective minutes. About fifty hours in referential time. Fifty hours? By the time we emerged back into normal space, the situation around Anakak's Farben would probably be resolved. I nodded and closed my eyes once again. I had lost a friend and mentor. I had survived death myself. I had received a promotion. I had lobbied on behalf of a genocidal robot. And even with this tangled nest of thoughts in my mind, exhaustion overcame me and I drifted into a brief, fitful sleep. An alarm woke me. A ship was coming, too close for comfort. I raced to the bridge. We're being intercepted by two, wait, four, five Zunvir
0: Republic Guardian ships. Open the channel. They're hailing us.
1: Bring it up. This is Dalkin, acting ambassador of the Galactic Federation. Halt your progress. Shut down all propulsion systems. Your ship is unrecognized and it has the particle signature of the Terran replicator. Now immediately, cut off thruster power and allow for system override. You're under arrest.
0: That was Chrysalis Part 7, performed by Corey Hawkins, Dominic Rains, Amy Argyle, Jen Christopher, and Matthew Wolfe, directed by Alex Kemp. Chrysalis was written by S.H. Serrano and adapted by Stephen Michael and Macklin Malogi. Chrysalis is executive produced by Corey Hawkins, executive produced by Stephen Michael, and associate produced by Sarah Newton at Gunpowder and Sky. This season is produced by Toby Lawless at Wolf at the Doors Studios.